السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم جميعا أيها المستمعين والمستمعات Beloved listeners of Radio Summer International, welcome back to Hayatan Tayyiba and especially welcome back to Munzala Mubarakan, which is our blessed home series on a Tuesday afternoon. Alhamdulillah, we look at different things to create homes of peace, sakina, comfort and tranquility. Now, Alhamdulillah, we've been, uh, you know, subhanAllah, we've been going about discussing different elements of the home and all that it lends to comfort, to peace, to quiet. But most importantly, subhanAllah, we are trying to build spaces that we are content in. Spaces that we look at and we don't feel that we want to run away from. Now, I know the holidays are coming up and everybody wants to move and go for holiday. We do need a change uh, now and then, it is true. But subhanAllah, when we can be at peace and content with what we have and where we are at, it can truly, truly bring a lot of satisfaction in our lives and so we might not have the best and the most expensive and the most perfect of homes but as long as we are in homes where we are able to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what we have when we feel calm we feel collected we feel like we are in a space of complete shukr gratitude and appreciation for what we have and where we are that is the entire focus of the show alhamdulillah now today we are chatting about two beautiful uh, elements of the home one is the sounds of the home and the second is the smells of the home now i'm going to be chatting to somebody from my own childhood uh, later in the show I, I i you know i was quite surprised when i was looking at the interview list and subhanallah i knew her very well as a child i was born also in the same place that she grew up in and so alhamdulillah we will be chatting about flowers and all things greenery that bring up and make the home beautiful now today i was having a particularly stressed out day i was you know alhamdulillah i'm sure if you're a mom you all know that you sometimes have battle of the wolves with your toddlers and subhanallah it was it was really you know trying and i was almost exploding and then i came home and i said you know what let me let me just calm down and go and into the garden a little bit and deadhead my flowers, go and deweed the garden. And alhamdulillah, I spent an, a beautiful half an hour to an hour deadheading all my plants, taking them out, cutting off all the dead leaves, you know, just giving them a lovely spruce, putting on some water, making sure that I my hands are in the mud, getting all the weeds out of the bed and subhanallah you know it, was, it just calmed me down it was making thicker and I was out in the garden and it, it really allowed me to just refocus my thoughts refocus your attention and realize that you know what you take a deep breath we cannot get angry we cannot get worked up and this is what our home does to us isn't it this is what our gardens do for us it creates a peace and calm and contentment when you know against so much of sometimes turmoil ups and downs drama difficulties you know situations anxiety all of these things and our home can create that now one of the most important things that creates calmness in our home is the sounds of the home now um subhanallah there are different sounds that can fill a home now most people you know have their their tvs on and then the tv fills the home and the sound of the tv fills their home other people love to have their radios on and i know i meet a lot of muslims and a lot of sisters subhanallah when we go out and travel and everyone says you know we have the radio islam on the whole day and it doesn't go off so young people will tell me my mom lives for radio islam how she never ever puts her decoder off she loves it on all the time and it creates that comfort doesn't it when you have those sounds now 
there are different sounds that can fill a home. The one, and I think for me, my favorite one is having my Quran cube on and having the, you know, the Quran playing. Now, you don't have to have a Quran cube, you know, it, it, it's possible to listen to Quran in your home if you have a CD player, you have a computer, you have, uh, you know, other kind of, of channels, you can put it on. But, you know, having something specifically dedicated to the Quran, is, it, it really makes me happy, subhanAllah. We put it on in, in, in the lounge, in the dining room, and it plays. And, you know, as you listen to it, it fills the home with that joy. So, on, you know, one of the main things I do on day is put on my ruqya. And I think the sound of the ruqya, meaning the, the, the protection du'as, put them on in the morning, you know, and alhamdulillah, if you have the Quran cube, it's number 41 on the Quran cube, you put it on, and... It plays and all the protection to us. I read it with the Quran cube in the mornings. We play our Surah Yaseen, our Surah Baqarah daily. Read it with the Quran cubes so you know, okay, I have read it. I have completed my recitation for the day. And alhamdulillah, that's one element that brings a lot of peace and calmness to the house, right? And so you, you can understand that if you want a home that is calm, you have to remove sounds that are going to create distraction, sounds that are going to create disturbances, sounds that are going to irritate a person. Now, for me personally, a sound that brings a lot of calm to my home is the sound of birds. And I love, I've always had birds, and alhamdulillah, I've got budgies at the moment. They're quite loud, so we have had to put them on the other side of the house. They don't really disturb everyone. But alhamdulillah, the sound of, you know, the budgies in the background, I used to have parrots in, in Venezuela and subhanAllah, I miss them so much because they used to, they used to have those like sort of, you know, these personalities that would follow me everywhere. They would be chattering away. The sound of birds in a home, even from the garden, alhamdulillah, it brings a deep relaxation. It deep brings this calmness into your life, into your mind and into your spaces as well. Now, alhamdulillah, we have, you know, rabbits and the sound of the rabbits plumping around the house can also bring joy. The sound of children crying, sometimes throwing tantrums, sometimes, and sometimes laughing and running around and shrieking with joy in the house can be a really, really beautiful sound to the home. And so all these these sounds make a house feel alive. It makes the house feel full of, you know, subhanAllah, the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the joy of being alive. And so when we are looking at our homes, you know, you have to understand that your sound has huge impact on your living space, right? So you obviously have some sounds that can irritate a person. And one of those sounds is when you are constantly hearing the outside world and it's coming into your inside world and this is you know giving you it's, it's frustrating you because you can't switch off you can't rest if you're living in an apartment sometimes you can hear your neighbors you can hear the downstairs neighbors speaking and clattering their pots you can hear the upstairs people plonking around and so what happens that can make you feel incredibly frustrated because you are getting all of this information coming from the outside world into yours. So one important thing into our homes, especially with our bedrooms, is to create places where it is soft and it is quiet. A place that when you sit in the room, even if you're not sleeping, even if you are not, um, you know, uh, go, going to sleep, you're just sitting to rest, you are feeling quite calm because the feeling of that space is calm. Now, what do I mean by this? If you have a bedroom and you put um, a, a carpet down, you put a bed on the carpet, you put, you put some throws, you put pillows, all of these absorb sound. And so when it absorbs sound, when you are sitting in your bedroom, you tend to feel extremely calm 
because that place is not a chaotic space. So what happens is, is that when, you know, when you have sounds drifting into a room that is, you know, it's, it's really well put together in the sense that there are a lot of different elements that are absorbing sound, then when the sound from the outside world comes in, it doesn't really, you know, frustrate you. It actually becomes very comforting to you. Now, one important sound, you know, that really, and I was speaking about birds earlier, but anything from nature creates a very calming effect into our lives, makes a feeling of happiness. So now that we are in spring, alhamdulillah, open the windows wide and let the sounds from the outside world, from the, from the nature, come into our, our into your homes, into your spaces, so that it can allow you to feel this calmness. Now, one you know important thing when it comes to sound in our homes is to make sure that we have certain spaces that are for rest and certain spaces that are for louder work or loud, right? So for example, if you have your TV in your main area, your lounge, or, and inshallah, I'm hoping people don't have a television, but if you do, subhanAllah, and if you have a, a, a radio, if you have your devices, if you have your screens, whatever it is, try not to bring those into the bedroom spaces because that's the place where you want to find rest. And so what you want to do is, is you want to take those things and say, okay, in the lounge, I can, you know, sit and listen, it can be loud, I can have my nasheeds on, I can have my talks on, my payans on, I can have my Quran on. But when it comes to my personal space, I want that to be a place of calm and ambience. I want it to make us feel that I am very, very protected and safe and calm here. Now, remember when you are scrolling through the internet or when you are taking in information from the outside world, that is all impacting the sound of your home, right? Now, another place, you know, another important thing when it comes to creating sound is that for children, sounds help children feel calm. And so if you do something, and I, subhanAllah, this is something I love, love doing, is that a lot of people love listening to waves, they love listening to sounds, you know, with the ch white noise when children are falling asleep. But what I love doing is I love, you know, I have this beautiful uh, uh, nasheed collection, but it's not actually nasheed. It is actually the zikr that is incredibly soft. It's not loud at all. It's just a background sound. So it's the name of Allah that's just in the background. And I love putting it on and just letting the kids relax and becoming gentle, becoming calm with that, right? And so subhanAllah, that sound... That sound of zikr playing in your home, you making zikr, and that's another element of sound. One is what we are listening to, but the other element of sound is what we are, you know, giving off. And a person making zikr in their home, a person reciting Quran in their home, a person, you know, putting on an ashid to play in the home, and subhanAllah, you know, we've got a wedding coming up in two, uh, in two weeks' time, and so we are all excited, and subhanAllah, when everybody gets together just to, to discuss things, and, you, you know, you often find me putting on nasheed, and it builds that sort of excitement, doesn't it? We love hearing those nasheed that we, you know, when we were, when we were kids, but it's, it's about taking back that sort of responsibility of what is in our home. Now, there's one element of sound that I think we must discuss, and that is the element of when we watch things on our phone or devices and there is a background track 
of music. If you are listening to the news, if you are listening to radio, to ensure that that musical sounds are not coming into your personal space because that is leaving an effect on your home. So, Alhamdulillah, when we look at it from a wide, you know, a wide, wide, wide understanding, we can understand a few things. Shrieking and shouting and screaming can affect a home, can leave a lot of negativity in a home. Whereas on the complete opposite side of this, when we are understanding and we are kind and when we are getting, when we are looking at our homes as a place of serenity, a place of tranquility, then we are very aware of what is it that we are bringing into that home. What kind of effect are we bringing with the sounds that we are placing in our home? Are we putting in and a shield that bring rest and bring meaning to our home? Or are we bringing in music that brings in hypocrisy, brings in all these bad elements into our home? Are we balancing, you know, in the mornings, do we have our Quran that brings all of the protection and all of the goodness with it? Or subhanAllah, are we putting on, you know, things in our home that can create and can bring shayateen and the jinnat into our home? And then subhanAllah, what are we, you know, the, how are we taking responsibility for the sounds of our own words and the sounds of the, the, the impact of what it is we are saying? So we can either be singing an ashir, we can be reciting Quran, we can be making vikr, we can be laughing with our kids. But the negative, the toxicity of screaming and shouting and arguing and, you know, responding without thinking. And I think, subhanAllah, this is a reminder for myself first. Sometimes when you lose your temper and you just snap and you just, you know, you want to say everything that's on your mind. You just want to let it out. You just want to, to, to you know, make sure that you are creating this incredibly negative space because you are angry and you feel like you are tired. You are feeling sick. Subhanallah. When you start to look at the sound of your home and you start to take back that control a little bit, start choosing what you listen to, start choosing what sounds are permeating through your home, sometimes you might even be listening to podcasts and those podcasts might be making you feel uncomfortable, not making you feel good. Don't listen to them. Put them off. Change it. Make sure that you are listening to things that are bringing complete and total solace into your heart, into your life. Now, we tend to have this little bit of a problem where because of the toddlers, they want to listen to things on repeat. And so we'll find sometimes we're going through Rahman, Ya Rahman, on repeat, on repeat, it was Mustafa for a while, and now it's Rahman, Rahman. But what happens is, you know, the beauty of it is that one is on, on repeat, but number two, it creates this, you know, these memories that are, uh, that are attached to those songs. And you find that years later, you will listen to those songs, you will listen to those sounds, and it will transport you. And for me, subhanAllah, when I was a child, I used to love listening to radio. We would be glued to the radio and we'd be listening to all the anashid. I would be listening to the speakers. I used to love the history, the history programs on radio and listen to them for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, I can listen to those tracks, those songs, those anashid, and it will transport me back in time, take you back 20, 30 years. And alhamdulillah, that's what you want to create in your home. When your kids come home and they get those smells and they get those sounds and they get those beautiful reminders, as they get older, this all creates a memory, you know, a, a memory building blocks for the rest of their lives. So it could be that they listen to Zika and they are transported back. Oh, I still remember my mom used to read this. I, you know, read this eye of the Quran. Oh, I can remember my father used to read this. My, my sister used to read this. And subhanAllah, 
that attachment to it is in our homes. They are the sounds of deen that permeate the walls and permeate the, the rooms until, subhanAllah, we can only focus on you know the good and never the bad. Barakallah feekum, jazakallah khair for listening to the first segment today of Hayat al We are looking at sounds of our home and taking control of positive sounds and letting go of negative sounds. Bismillah ta'ala, when we get back, we are going to be moving into senses, looking at flowers and the impact they have on the home. Barakallah feekum, we'll be back shortly. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Beloved listeners, Radio Islam International, welcome back to Hayat al on this beautiful Friday afternoon and subhanAllah today being Friday afternoon we are discussing lessons from the seerah before the break we were chatting about and we were looking at the beautiful and remarkable story of the acceptance of Islam from Abu Sufyan and the entry of Nabi Wasallam to Makkah al-Mukarramah now I had left you off where we were discussing how Nabi Wasallam had you know at the manner in which he entered and subhanAllah it's truly emotional listening to this you know uh, I don't know, I just I just feel so grateful for history and for the books of history and the kitabs, subhanAllah, that, that allow us to connect to such a magnificent past. And may Allah make it that we also live lives that are so, so massive and so much of effect on his deen. Amin, Allahumma amin, ya Rabbil alameen. Rasulullah sallallahu now, he passes through the place of Qada, he goes into the upper section of Makkah, and he orders Abu Khalidin, you enter from Quda, which is the lower section of Makkah, right? And Zubair ibn to enter from Qadr, the upper section. So he, he emphasizes, they all entering. Now can you imagine, they're all entering from different directions. And he's emphasizing on them, don't commence the fighting. No fighting should be done. Only if somebody start, begins fighting with you, then you respond. But do not commence. Do not be the one who starts the fighting. And Nabi Sallallahu enters Makkah with respect and reverence. Because irrespective of the people there, irrespective of their belief there, that is the house of Allah, that is Baladullah, that is the city of Allah, that is Ardun Mubarakah, that is a blessed land. So when he goes into Makkah, the first thing he does is he goes to the house of Umm Hani bin Abu Talib, takes a bath and he offers eight rak'at of salah which was in the time of Bukhari in this hadith. Many hadiths narrate how Umhani and them looked at how Nabi Sallallahu was performing the salah. This is, and some ulama tell us that this salah was salat al-fatih, the salah of victory. And so it has become the practice of many Muslim leaders that when they would now conquer a city, they would also offer eight rakats of salah as gratitude for the big victory. Even Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, when he conquered Madain and he entered the, the court of Khusrus, what did he do? He offered eight rakats of salah with one salam. So even, subhanAllah, Umhani uh, uh, says to Rasulullah sallallahu O Messenger of Allah, two relatives of my husband have fled and sought refuge in my house. I have given them refuge. However, my brother Ali radiallahu anhu wants to kill them. Rasulullah said, I give refuge to those whom Umhani has given refuge to. Ali should not kill these people. SubhanAllah. This is, you know, the rahmah and the kindness was just permeating. The kindness was just flooding them that day. So Umhani, she says, you know, uh, at the at, you know, as this, this, this interlude comes to an end, she describes to us many things that the Bishazam did on that day. And we learn a lot from those moments, how he made wudu, how he made his salah, how he sat in tashahud, how he made salam, subhanAllah. When he completed the salah, Rasulullah went to Sha'ab Abu Talib and he pitched his tender, which is the value of Abu Talib. And you remember all those years ago when they were boycotted, that is where they lived, subhanAllah. 
So the Sahaba had asked Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a day before if he could, like, you know, when he would enter Makkah, where would he stay? And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, at a place where the Quraysh and the Kinana had confined the Banu Hashim and the Banu Al-Muttalib. And when they had a mutual agreement and promise that they would sever all business dealings, marriage with the Banu Hashim and the Banu Muttalib, as long as they do not hand over Muhammad to them. This place is known as Sha'b Abu Talib. And so this is where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam goes to stay. And Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu tells us that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam stayed there and now he began to call all the people through this place, right? So the story goes on, subhanAllah, and we see that as the Sahaba and as they were entering, now we look at Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam entering the sacred masjid. There was this victory that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has given, and so Rasulullah enters the sacred masjid, and he makes tawaf of the Kaaba. And Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhu tells us, he says that when Rasulullah was entering the Kaaba, the Baytullah al-Haram, 360 idols were placed around the Kaaba. Rasulullah pointed to each one with a knife and he recited the words, Jaa al-haq wa zahaq al-baatil Jaa al-haq wa zahaq al-baatil The truth has come and falsehood is defeated. As he kept saying this, each idol began falling one after the other, Allahu Akbar. And this hadith, you know, Imam Bayhaqi has narrated this hadith. And there's another hadith that corroborates this hadith as well. And we see that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, there's so many different narrations, narrations that we, we get strength from, from each narration to understand that this is what happened. And it, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at that time, as each idol fell away, then Nabi Sallallahu made tawaf of the Kaaba. And he was on the ca- camel as he made the tawaf. And subhanAllah, when he completed his tawaf, he called Uthman ibn Talha radiallahu And Uthman ibn Talha and his family, they had owned the key of the Kaaba for many years. And so he saw that on the key of the Kaaba, there were statues on it. So he ordered all of the statues to be removed. When they were removed, then they, subhanAllah, he then immediately, they, they opened the, sorry, they opened the Kaaba and inside of the Kaaba, they found statues inside of it. And so they removed, you know, all of the, the statues and all of the idols and they washed out the inside of the Kaaba with Ma'u with Zimzim and Nabi Sassam went in and he began to perform his Salah. And then Nabi Sassam went to every corner of the Kaaba. And he made Tawheed and Takbir. He said, La ilaha illallah wahda. La ilaha illallah wahda. And he said, Allahu Akbar Takbir. And subhanAllah, Bilal radiallahu anhu was with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Usama bin Zayd. Both of them were with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He made sure that when he went into the Kaaba, there was a purification, a complete and total purification of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from kufr and from shirk. And so, subhanAllah, they, when Nabi Sallallahu went outside, he saw that all the people were standing there and all of these people were the enemies of Allah, the people who have harmed the deen of Allah. This was the 20th of Ramadan. Nabi Sallallahu stood on the door of the Kaaba with the key in his hand. <sighs> SubhanAllah, I've got goosebumps thinking about this, Allah Akbar. And so Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam delivers the speech. And let us just look at the speech, SubhanAllah. He says, La ilaha illallah wahda La sharika la Sadaqa wahda Wa nasara abda 
waiting and they are hoping for goodness from him. If it was any other leader, Allahu Akbar, they would have been trembling in fear. And they understood that this was Rahmatul Alameen. This was the mercy to all of mankind. This was Nabiyuna Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Al Mustafa Al Mushtaba Al Mushtaba Khairul Bashar, the best of all of Allah's creation. And so the best of creation responds with the most important lesson for you and I today. So he says, I am saying to you the same thing which Yusuf said to his brothers. There is no reproach on you today. Go, for you are all free, subhanAllah. And so here in the speech of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the pride and the haughtiness, the arrogance of who you are and the lineage of who we are, this was the biggest thing, biggest, biggest connection of the Arabs to their past was their pride in their lineage, pride in their family members, pride in their, you know, forefathers. And here Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam puts an end to it. The flag of Islamic equality was raised. No such thing. Who entered the Kaaba with Habib Sallallahu a slave. Osama bin Zayd a slave. This was the flag of Islamic equality. And here Nabi Sallallahu demonstrated to you and I and to every person until the day of Qiyamah that the only criterion for honor and nobility was piety and taqwa. Rasulullah was sent as a guidance to this world and that was his only objective. He took revenge from the, the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. Did he actually, you know, as to spill blood for the people who spilled his blood and his family's blood? No. When Nabi sallallahu completed his speech, he sat down in the masjid. The key of the Kaaba was in his hand. So Ali radiallahu said now, O Messenger of Allah, give the key to me so that together with the responsibility of providing Zamzam water, we will also have the honor of the custodianship of the Kaaba. You know, he, they thought that now the, 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 the Muslims will have the Kaaba, they will have the key. And so, subhanAllah, Allah revealed this beautiful ayah. Allah said, No. You have to make sure. Allah commands you to fulfill the trust to their recipients. And so that key did not belong to Nabi Wasallam. So he gave it back to Uthman ibn Talha. And he said to him, take this key forever. This key will always remain in your hands. And he said, I'm not giving it to you out of my own accord. But Allah has given it to you. And only a tyrant will take it away from you. And so, subhanAllah, this momentous, momentous point of, of, of history, as Nabi Wasallam teaches us valuable lessons, the Adhan was finally given at the door of the Kaaba. Subhanallah. A Habushi slave, Bilal radiallahu anhu, Nabi Sawasun orders him and says, climb up to the door of the Kaaba and call out the Adhan. The very, very city to drag this man through it and calling out, Ahad, 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 one Allah, one Allah, one Allah. And the Quraysh of Makkah, they, were, they couldn't understand this. They couldn't understand how a black man from Abyssinia, from Africa, a slave, climbs up to the doors of the Baytullah and he gives the Adhan. 
They couldn't understand it, but what they did understand is the clear victory of Iman, clear victory of a religion that looks not at color or creed, but looks only at the faith of a person, subhanAllah. The leaders of the Quraysh, they could not at that time, you know, subhanAllah, is difficult. It was difficult, subhanAllah, for them to see this. And so they looking at this and they said, one of them even said, Allah honored us by taking our forefathers away before they could hear this call of Adhan. They couldn't hear it. And Hari said, I take an oath by Allah that if I were convinced that you are the truth, I would certainly follow you. And Abu Sufyan said, I am not saying anything. If I were to, were to utter anything, these pebbles would, would inform him. And when the Bishop heard all of this through the revelation of Allah, he passed by to them and he said, I have been informed. I have been informed what you are saying. I know what you have been saying. And so when he told them, he told them exactly what they had said. And that is when all of them said, we bear what testimony that you are certainly the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they understood now. Nobody heard them. So how could the Bishop have known? And that's when they realized that he was actually, subhanAllah, he was actually the, the, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so, subhanAllah, when we now, you know, move away and when we understand that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in this massive moments of history, he taught us, subhanAllah, how to be kareem, how to be an honorable one, yeah, how to be a person, subhanAllah, irrespective of the situation. His only focus and objective was hidayah. His only focus and objective was to bring people to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He reacted with iman. He acted with iman. And he made every decision a decision of iman. May Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, allow us to learn these massive rules and these massive rules and these massive impacts from history, from seerah. And may Allah make us understand the deen of Allah came to establish equality to establish the wahdaniyah of Allah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who is worthy of worship. And so we say, as our Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said all those many years ago, La ilaha illallah wahda, there is no one except Allah alone, no deity worthy of worship except Allah. La sharika la, Allah has no partner. Sadaqa wa'ada, without a doubt Allah fulfilled his promise. And he assisted his beloved slave, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He helped him. SubhanAllah, through all that difficulty, Allah helped him. And Allah destroyed all of those enemies and all of those armies all alone. Barakallah feekum, beloved listeners. I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of the Jumu'ah. May Allah accept your du'as. Be constantly in du'a. Even as you come to a rest, be constantly in du'a. Our du'as are accepted on this beautiful, mubarak, mubarak afternoon. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us a visit to this beautiful Kaaba. Take us back over and over and over again, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us understand and make us have yaqeen that it is not our wealth, that it is not our opportunity, it's not anything that takes us besides your call. Ya Allah, make us those who visit this house, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us of those who can take your call and take the takbir to your, to your house. Barakallah feekum. You've been listening to Hayatun Tayyiba with myself, Maliwa Shakira Hanja, to my engineer and to my... Uh, producer, Jazakallah Khairan, for always granting such beautiful assistance. May Allah fulfill all your, your needs. And inshallah, we'll chat again soon on Monday afternoon. Barakallah feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.